So I'll introduce myself. I'm Chaz Albertson. I'm one of the persons who attended this trip. And have a seat here. So we have uh, Jen and, and Chloe and the rest of these people. What are your names again? What's your name again? Jewel. Jewel. Nathan. Nathan, I remember him. Julie. Julie Bernard Chandler. So a big round of applause for this team. We did, did a good trip here. So we went to a total of three community gardens. And so for those of you that don't understand or know what a community garden is, in Philadelphia, there's a thing called a food desert. And so the food desert means these people that live in the inner city don't have access to fresh fruit or vegetables. They don't have grocery stores. Um, they don't have the access to, to the food like we do. And so what happens is a building will get condemned, it'll get torn down, a lot will be empty, and the neighborhood will turn it into a garden. And they'll quite literally squat on a piece of property that they don't own, and they'll turn it into a garden. They're called community gardens. And so some were quite sophisticated, where they actually had staff, and it was quite an organization of volunteers that, that come and help, but they had a couple staff. And others are very rudimentary, where they literally just sewed up the ground and threw some seed in and, and tried to, to grow what they could. And it's a place where the neighborhood can just come and take what they want. But um, I don't know if you saw the picture in there. There was one was called a corner store bodega, and they're just basically little delis or corner shops. And there was one where it said water ice, and that's a big thing in Philly. It's like a, a dessert or ice cream kind of thing. But under it, it said all the things that are available, right? But did you notice what were the only things left? Everything else was crossed off. Did anyone notice it and see? This is a test. It was a quick picture. We're sitting at a street corner in the van. We're driving, and, and I think Julie had her phone ready. She's like, holy smokes, look at that sign. Everything was crossed off except for beer and cigarettes. There's no food available for these folks. And so the, the, the community gardens was something that we did quite a bit of. Uh, Julie's eyes kind of popped when we, we told her we were going to do some gardening, and, and some of them were quite beautiful. The, the one by the highway, remember that one, was quite sophisticated and, and nice. So, so community gardening is a big thing in Philadelphia and some of these inner cities. And so if we just, you kind of like look now and you, you think, where if I were to drive, we all drove here, six minutes maybe. How many, how many um, community gardens would you have to go to? Price Chopper, Hannaford, Fresh Market, Wealthy Living Market, um, Walmart, Target, keep going, Stewart's, Aldi's. Like, I'm sure you can get food at Lowe's. I mean, like within a minute's drive, we have access to whatever we want. And so... There was another picture in there that you saw where the kids were kind of in a church and we were doing a, a um, kind of like a couple hour thing there where they had them do an exercise and they, and they had us, all of us, do an exercise where they said, put together a monthly food budget for a family of four based on $380. $380. And so... The kids broke off into groups, the adults broke off into groups, and we had to build a food budget for a week based on whatever 380 divided by 4 is. So, Okay, so it said they had like $328 to like the whole month, 
to get food and about $92 per week. So our group, me, Chloe, Isabel, and Jewel, we all were like, oh, why not get like cereal, like steak, you know, some canned soups, canned beans and stuff. And then it got to the point where we were going over everything that we were doing. And she was like, any fresh meats, knock them off. Any fresh fruits or vegetables, take them off. So the only thing left was I'd like even milk and stuff. Cause like by the time you get home, it's spoiled because you have to take the bus, which doesn't have AC, so you get it, and then it just spoils on the way home, and then you can't use the milk or the ice cream or anything that you bought that was frozen. So just almost, like, almost all of our stuff was just not there. Like, you weren't able to get it. Right, and imagine, not only is that the case, but you have to, you have to remember, you have to get on a bus, so you've got to walk to wherever the bus station is or bus pickup location is in your neighborhood then you have to transfer then you have to transfer and then you have to transfer and by the time you make all those transfers you've probably paid seven or eight dollars right or, or maybe ten dollars now you're talking about a 92 dollar food budget for an entire week you just spent ten dollars just getting to a grocery store which is what we'll call a grocery store not like we have here we'll call it a grocery store but then you got to get it back and you have to make all those transfers, and there's a high probability you're going to get mugged or beaten up or robbed or shot and killed. And there's a very high probability that that's all going to happen because what will happen is you'll get your food back to close to your neighborhood, and an opportunist will walk up, mug you, take your food, and then you have no money, no food, and you have to do that trip all over again. And this is a real problem for the people that live in these communities. And so it was eye-opening for us because we think nothing of hopping in the car, running to Walmart, grabbing what we need, running home. And oh, by the way, it's, it's all fresh. So the thing is, you get to these markets, there may not be any fresh vegetables. There's just none. So the people eat ramen. They eat a lot of ramen noodles, a lot of canned stuff, a lot of frozen, well, frozen, but mac and cheese. Anything you can add water and boil, that's kind of what they eat. And so um, we went to the children's mission, which was another big day for us. And the children's mission, we spent time with these kids where a lot of them, I think the lady said 30% of these kids here today, their parents are incarcerated. Another percentage of them, their, their parents are dead. And so they're living with their grandparents. And so imagine having an elderly grandparent caring for a child because their child has been killed. And the elderly grandparent is on probably about a $900 a month income and they have to take $900 a month and pay rent and pay anything else that they you know, have to pay with regard to bills and feed this child that they're trying to raise. And they have to make all these bus transfers and things like that. And then the children are left to basically fend for themselves in this community. So, sorry, community garden question. We went on a big tangent. Any other, uh, any other questions that stuck out or... So if not, we'll move on to um, the next thing. And so we're going to move to sharing. And so we have some slides. So if uh, we'll put up the first slide. And I think it's a picture of something. Right. So if you guys have questions, please shout them out or raise your hand or whatever. But so this is a thing Nathan and I kind of felt pretty passionate about was the devotional time. And so we, we get these little booklets when we go on these trips. You write your name on the back. You keep it with you all week. Uh, I see some of you nod your head yes, like you, you've heard of this before or done it before. 
it's really to spark conversation with God when you're by yourself doing this time. And so Nathan, Nathan has some things he wants to share because I will tell you that Nathan literally said he could do a five-part sermon series based on just one day's devotion. So I'm going to let Nathan talk for a moment. The devotion time in the morning was the best part of every day for me because it's not something that I necessarily thought of doing all too often. And uh, this year's um, like theme was also just cool because, you know, you go through the Gospels and you like know the stories and you see the stories and you think, oh, Jesus is somebody who's above us all. But then you actually stop and look and he's just telling you to live your life like him. You know, love, talk, and see people clearly without any hesitation in whatever you're doing. And there's a little opening thing here in the book. It says, sometimes it's simpler to share a version of yourself than to reveal the real you. Sometimes it's quicker to assume the worst in others than to, to look for the best. And sometimes it's easier to go through the motions than, than, to, than to truly love others. Going deep and being authentic in your relationships can be hard, but the good news is that we have an example of what it looks like to be real with others. Not only did Jesus show authentic love to all sorts of people, he empowers his followers to do the same. This week, as we enter different places, serve other people, and step out in different ways, let's pay attention to how Jesus is inviting us to, to open our eyes and and our hearts wider. So when it comes time to being known, when it, com when it comes to seeing others, and when it comes to loving deeply, you know, let's be real. And then it adds at the end, Romans 12, 9, uh, part of it. Do not just pretend to love others, really love them. So I, I always, I, and something about it just kind of a lot of fun, really great. And like every day, it was, it was a new thing. It was like, oh, the whole section before the Lord's Prayer is important to know. You know, the Beatitudes, or the Beautitides, I call them, because it's funner. Um, what's, what's another one that we had in here? Oh, yes, 1 Corinthians 13, my favorite part of the Bible. Love that. Love so during devotions time, Nathan read this, this part. <laughs> This, this one day, read this part of the Bible, and then that night was like, he, he was like jumping out of his shorts talking about this. Yeah. Like, he was like, you don't understand. And he was like, <laughs> you just don't understand. And he kept going on and on, and it was, it was quite, quite funny. Yes. And, it's, and it's funnier because the rest of them had Pepsi. So they were like bouncing off the walls because of the caffeine. I had water the entire night. I didn't know there was Pepsi. So I, I, the only caffeine I had was the Holy Spirit. So, oh, brother. No, brother. so so Nathan was so hyped up that he kept interrupting and when we were all kind of going with it for a little bit because we just understood he was so full of Jesus that day we were not going to stop that train however there's a young lady here who very often stops talking to make sure everybody else keeps talking but she had had some Starbucks coffee that night while other people had their Pepsi and so Julie's trying to run the meeting. Nathan's out of control with Jesus. And Chloe just had one thing she wanted to share. 
So out of the blue, you hear this little voice go, shut up, Nathan, <laughs> which, which I loved and disliked at the same time because I loved because Chloe found her voice and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But shut up is the one thing at youth group, like you just don't say that. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, Chloe, I'm so glad you said that because that was really awesome. But she goes, I know, I know, I'm really sorry. I'm like, no, but it's so appropriate because somebody else needed to turn to speak because Nathan just was on Jesus. But other people had to share that night. So funny story that we wanted to share with you about that. Another cool thing about that night is that during the gathering thing, we did a thing where we split up and we prayed and like we presented our prayer requests to each other and we prayed for each other. And also I suggested that we do that today, but that we're gonna do that another day, I guess. All right, so we're gonna move to the next slide. We got okay. a few more to get through. Thank you, Nathan. So uh, this one we could again go on for hours about the antique Tiffany stained glass, but Jen asked me this morning to kind of give you some, some context behind this, this picture. And so, actually, I'm going to just flip to the next one just so you see it. So Nathan and I, that was where Nathan and I slept. It was actually on the altar of like a miniature sanctuary room. But if you notice, like right next to our air mattresses is this Tiffany stained glass. And so during our devotion time in the morning, this was what I was looking at each morning. And so it was, it was, it was quite beautiful. And the way the sun comes through it, it's, it's, it's quite, quite something. So this church building, just a quick story about the church and the congregation, um, was built back in the 1800s. And, and where it's located in northern Pennsylvania, northern Philadelphia, was a vacation land, really, for rich people from the city. And they would take the train up. It's in Philadelphia proper, so it's it's in the city, but it's technically so far north that, that to them was vacation land. It was farmland. And so it was, their, it was their summertime church built in the early 1800s and is absolutely gorgeous and has a huge organ and a beautiful sanctuary. But they have stained glass throughout this whole building, and it's valued at 30-something million dollars. So their insurance policy for this church, glass only, is $35 million. So you saw a picture of Jay, the pastor. Jay is a dude in sh shorts sitting up on stage. And one night we did a community dinner with the congregation and all of the youth works people. And so that dinner was just like a potluck. It was a picnic and, and it, was, it was the church, us, and people from the community that they invited. And so we spent time talking to the congregation and people from the community and we had a great time played some games outside and we went in and Jay is sitting up on the stage to the youth works people and he said I need you guys to understand something and this is very important he said when I pitched the idea eight months ago to my congregation that we were going to host youth works they a hundred percent said no a hundred percent they said no we will not host a group of teenagers in our building which is worth over probably 35, 40 million dollars. We're not gonna do it. And Jay said, so basically what you're telling me, congregation, is that this building is worth more to you and worth more to us than what fruit could potentially come from a group of kids coming. 
Now, to give you context of why these people would never want a group of hooligans like us coming to their facility, as he's pitching the idea, the local news is talking about how a 14- and 15-year-old boy murdered and killed a 70-year-old woman outside that church with a traffic cone. They beat her to death. Their frame of reference for teenagers is local bad seeds. And so it was very difficult for Jay to, to describe to them the difference in what will, what will come if, if, a, if a group of YouthWorks kids come. And so eight weeks of YouthWorks came and lived in their congregation, in their basement, in all of their rooms. We took up the entire space. It smelled terrible after a week of boys in that one room that we slept in. But you know what? By the end of it, that congregation was so changed and so moved, and their hearts were just so full of joy for what was able to come from a group of eight, you know, eight weeks of all these kids from all over the United States that just come and pour into their community. And Jay did such a good job describing to us what it means for these kids to, to get to do something like this. And it's so moving for, like, Julie and Jen and I as adults to hear a congregation like that completely moved. Like a hundred, they did a 180 degree flip and they could not wait for YouthWorks to come back. And so, you know, his message was this building that we're in with the Tiffany glass and the beautiful carpet and this giant multi hundred thousand dollar organ is not the church. Can I get an amen on that, brothers and sisters? Like, th th that was a big, big, big deal. It was a big deal. And we, as youth works people, and as that congregation saw the way God moved in, in all of us there and everyone there, it was just, it was lights out. And so it's the end of my talking time. You're welcome. So next up is Jewel. She's going to talk about the um, birdhouses and the community garden we went to the first day. And we learned how to use sawzalls. <laughs> and we made birdhouses. So Jewel, go ahead. Hey y'all, uh, name's Jewel, uh, and uh, that's me up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we first got to the gardens, you know, we were all greeted with like these like beautiful statues. One made out of tires, one made out of concrete. They kind of remind me of you know uh, Easter Island statues. You know those ones from uh, Night at the Museum. You know. Uh, <clears throat> So uh, when we arrived, we were greeted um, by uh, Pedro. He was really nice, real, real nice guy. Uh, when we walked in, the gardens were like really beautiful. We saw this big tree. There were like plenty of gardens. Um, we were greeted by Pablo, Pedro. Uh, you know, um, he like let us, you know, get comfortable. Um, he like introduced us to like what we were doing. Uh, we, like we were going to use the saws, uh, like like where the nails were and hammers, uh, and uh, where the wood was, and yeah, he just showed us like uh, um, like a diagram or example of uh, uh, like birdhouses, of uh, like uh, example of what we might do, but he just let our imaginations go crazy, I guess. <laughs> As long as it was habitable for a bird or something, even a squirrel, then it was fine. 
Uh, so, you know, we got right off it. Uh, um, and uh, actually, I remember this one moment where uh, I said uh, something that uh, I, that my grampy, uh, um, Jerome Hebert, uh, um, said, like, has on a sign. I, I said, uh, remember, uh, measure twice, cut once, and then <laughs> it, um, and uh, he just said, you're a carpenter. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. That's just what, that's just what my grampy has on a sign. And he was just like, you're a carpenter. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a carpenter. Jewel did a fantastic job there. Good job, Jewel. So next up, Chloe is going to talk to us about powerful, purposeful prayer. So why were we building birdhouses? So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's fine. Uh, we were building birdhouses for the birds because why not? <laughs> I mean, and also uh, I uh, I don't really remember like really, but I think it was just for the birds to have a nice place to live and you know, uh, birds. <laughs> I, I'm I did make like a. Sh I, well, I didn't make a bird house. I made more of a bird shack, but it was close enough. I hope that that one bird liked it. So just just saying. All right, you can have that. Part of part of the reason um, Pedro had really didn't need any more gardening work done that day, other than the watering of the plants that you had seen. By the way, just as a side note, it was 92 degrees that morning and about 95% humidity. We were under an excessive heat warning when we started which is why we were there in the morning and not in the afternoon. So when Chaz said it's like 900 degrees out here, he was really not exaggerating. I mean, we were soaked with sweat, but also with, with watering the plants. But he had asked us to do that because the open kitchen is a sculpture garden as well as a community garden where they grow food. So it's also an art garden. So he has a lot of sculpture there and encourages people when they come to leave a little something behind and because we were the last group the other groups had really focused on helping plant and garden and, and taking care of all of that so we were the ones who actually got to do art with Pedro and leave something behind so he thought the birdhouses would be a great addition to his little uh, open kitchen garden and that is why we were birdhouse making that day all right um, yeah so my name is Chloe and I'm gonna be sharing about prayer and small group so before we went on the missions trip, we um, got to attend part of church service and we got the congregation to pray over us. And um, Pastor, Mr. Harmon, he was praying and in his prayer, he said um, something about us not going just to go, but going because we're being sent. Um, and when he said that, that kind of stuck with me throughout the week and when he said that. Um, I think because initially it did feel like I was just going to go and um, I had to think about what that meant to me and um, I think me just going to go it felt like I didn't have expectations from the trip um, I already went on a missions trip last year and so um, I guess I kind of thought oh I already know what's going to happen or I already know what's you know to experience and things like that and um, I guess in thinking that I didn't really prepare my heart for what God was going to give me or I didn't, you know, put 
a lot of time into praying about it and things like that. But throughout the week, I guess, like, it really did feel like I was being sent, like, through the work and especially with the kids. Um, it did feel like I was being sent and that I was there to, uh, you know, just serve. And, um, yeah, I think that was me, like, the part being sent, it really stuck with me because I don't think I realized that I was really being sent. Um, and then I'm going to be also talking about small groups. So, <laughs> yeah, so that um, small group was a lot of fun for me, especially with us being in a significant, significantly smaller group. So the mission sh uh, trip, like the kids, we had a bigger group and there was a lot more kids. And when I found out that there was only going to be four of us and then three adult leaders, I was like, oh, okay. Because I was really, really expecting um, that the, for the group that went last year to all join us. So I was, you know, really, I really wanted Awen and Gracie to come and Kyra and everybody else who went. But then Jen kept on saying, this is what God has planned for us. This is um, what, you know, he wants. And I was like, okay, God, I'm just gonna, you know, trust you and stuff like that. But I guess... I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I was just like really curious as to see how it would, you know, work out, especially with us being a bit more introverted or like, you know, being more on the quiet side. I <laughs> I was a bit curious. I don't know. Um, but I guess in us having a smaller group and when we were at the end of the day, we had this discussion time. We all got to talk about our days and um, what God spoke to us. I felt like I could actually share what I had to say. Not that last year that I couldn't, but when there's like a bigger group and there's more people looking at you, like I um, kind of get anxious and my words start to get all jumbled up and I don't know what I'm talking about. So, um, no, <laughs> um, yeah, so having a smaller group, I, I definitely felt more comfortable with everyone and um, yeah, so in having a smaller group, I got to like share what I had to say and what was on my heart, and I didn't feel as anxious or as nervous as I should have. And actually, one night I got to I got to lead a a discussion group, um, and that night, like a lot of things just was revealed to me, and a lot of things made more sense. Um, especially, which was surprising because I was half asleep by then and I didn't know if my um, words were starting to make sense. But um, one example was um, I was talking, I was talking to the group and I had a question and my question wasn't really um, making sense. I know I say that a lot, but I'm sure Greg can contribute to that, especially during class time when <laughs> I have questions for him and he's just sitting there all confused. But then Jen just kind of stops me and she answers my question. And I just sit there listening, like staring at her. I'm like, Jen, that makes so much sense. Like you just cleared everything for me. And listening to Chaz and Julie talk about their journey and their faith, it was just so eye-opening. And I'm very blessed that I got to hear what they had to say. And um, yeah, I guess my part of the trip was prayer and small groups, so. That's all I had to say. Thank you. Thank you, Chloe. So speaking to Julie, we're going to have Miss Julie talk about the next section, which is the garden. 
So when uh, the, this uh, trip was announced, I was like, yeah, I'm going. I had no doubts that I was going. I've been on trips before, especially with a couple of people here, with Holly to Nicaragua, with Sarah and Aaron to Cambodia and Greg, and um, medically focused. There were other focuses in that group, but I was, I'm a nurse, so medically focused. So I knew what I was going for. I knew my role. This was totally not that. They needed a hospitality person, which I think was just a farce because that was just to get me to go, I think. Because, so I thought hospitality is my, is part of my gifting. So yes, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work in the hospitality part. I can cook food and I can help with food and well, it all turned out differently. Um, so as, as the picture showed, we had all the different gardening. When we changed venues from Virginia to Philadelphia, we also changed focuses and that was to the gardening. And I was like, yes, now I get my focus back. I love gardening, so I can I can figure out kind of where I'm going, what what is expected of me through this. And uh, we got there, and we did go to gardens. We went to gardens in the morning because it was hot, and then we went to the city mission, uh, which I don't know if you want to go to the next. Is that the city mission one? Uh, the so we our city mission, the children's mission, to to help with the kids. That's not part of my wheelhouse. I love kids. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's not part of my gifting. I don't feel like I'm a teacher, but I was good. I, I worked with the kids and I did what I needed to do for the afternoons. Um, May I interrupt for one second here? <laughs> Just one. Remember that picture of Julie exhausted in the van? That was after this day. And I don't know if she's gonna touch on it, but at lunchtime I said, oh, you are? I'll let her tell the story. But just keep your ears focused because it's a really good, really good one. So we would go, like I said, we'd go to the gardens in the morning and we go to the city mission. Uh, I keep calling it city mission. Anyway, uh, children's mission in the afternoon. And again, that was fine. It was a good balance for me because I got to do the gardening, my happy place. I got to do the missions, which was a stretch for me, and that was okay. So then one day, Jen comes and she goes, guess what, guys? And we're like, what? She says, tomorrow we get to spend all day at the city at the the mission the camp for the kids and i'm like yay is yay, anybody my else wheelhouse finally I I get out of the garden her happy place so i was like okay okay so the next morning i got up and i was like okay i can do two things one of two things here i can act like i'm sick I don't, I don't know, I can't go, I just, I don't want to get the kids sick, you know, I'm, I, you know, no, 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 the Lord has put me here, I'm obedient, I'm going to step forward, and I'm going to go, but the entire time, I'm just like this, I'm like, I mean, and it wasn't a bad attitude, I wasn't snarky, I wasn't, I was just like, okay, I'm not comfortable, I don't know what's expected of me, I don't know what we're supposed to do, Blah, 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 blah. So we get to the mission, and another group is there. They're already there. And I'm like, okay, here we are. There's a million of us, and there's not many kids. There weren't that many kids that day. So now what are we going to do? We're just going to sit around looking at each other. We're going to, you know, we're supposed to be doing something, so we need to look busy, so I'm going to do that. So I'm already, you know, doing this in my head, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the, the line with the kids. So you, 
we've already told you at one point where the kids would get in a line and then the volunteers would get in another line and they'd pair us up with the kid and they would we'd go do a tutoring session with them, a reading session with them or whatever. So I'm looking at the line and I'm thinking, okay, there's three kids left, three campers, and there's two volunteers. Like, where were you guys? I mean, come on. No, 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 no. They already went through the line. They already got it. So I'm thinking, um, hello, but there needs to be one more person in this line. Anybody, you know, going to be in this line? And God was like, You're, you need to get in that line. I'm like, I am not going to get in that line. First of all, I, have, I don't want to spread my bad attitude around. I said, second of all, that girl that's in the last of the line, she's a lot older than these other kids. I can fake it with a five-year-old. This kid is probably 13. No, no, no. <laughs> I get in line. And so here Jasmine and I are teamed together. Did it? Okay. Miss Melanie, as you guys saw, she knew every every kid, everything. This kid was new, so she had to ask her, what are her issues at school, blah, blah, blah. So she learned that she didn't, she didn't, she was very terrible in math. She was having trouble with math. I'm like, oh, shoot, 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 shoot. She, And so Miss Melanie says, so Julie, I want you to go over and, and remember, Miss Melanie's blind, totally blind, but she knows every inch of that building. She said, I want you to go over to that bookshelf over there and get a seventh grade math book, and I want you to get out the division part of the math book, and I want you to take this, and I want you to do double, double digits first, second digits, and I'm like, whoa. I'm thinking in my mind, lady, you don't know me. I was kicked out of algebra class in high school. <laughs> never to get another math class again. I don't know why, but they never put me in another math class. So math was taken out of my brain and put somewhere else. I'm like, okay. So Jasmine follows me to a table and we sit down and she sits like this. I'm like, yeah, this is good. And remember, I don't even wanna be there. I'm not like, okay, this is what I can do. I can pull out all my little tricks cause I can a teacher and I know how to do this stuff. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. So I ask her, I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to get to know her, that relationship, relationship. Well, one word answers. I don't care how many open-ended sentence uh, questions I ask. I got one word, one word. Never rude, but one word. And I'm, so I get up, I'm like, I have to go to the ladies' room. So I go to the ladies' room, and I'm in there, and I'm like, Lord, 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 please don't let me mess this up for you. I'm thinking please don't let me mess this up for Jesus. You know, I'm praying and I'm like, give me something. Come on. I, I'm being obedient. I could have stayed back at the place. I could have done, you know. So I go out and the next question I ask her is, what do you want to do after high school? She goes, well, I want to be a veterinarian or a doctor. I'm like, yes, I can go there. I'm a nurse. I can talk about doctor stuff, nursey stuff. She still, one word answer. Oh my gosh, I can't. I mean, it was just terrible. So finally, they broke us. They, we had a break, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do with her this afternoon? I, I, what am I going to do? And I'm inside. I'm just still like this. And we did not go back to the same thing we were doing, thankfully, but my attitude 
still was just like this. So um, let me make sure I covered all that I wanted to there because I know we're getting low. May I add a little at that point? Sure. Okay. So when Julie says her whole, her whole self, it was her whole self. I went up to her and said, hey, Julie, how was your morning? And she looked at me. Her whole body was tense. And she's like, no, I, I, I can't even. Nope, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because we had talked about I'm not a gardening person. I'm a teacher person. She was like, this is my garden. I was like, okay. <laughs> I said, this is your garden. <laughs> right. So then I was like, okay, Lord. I was not expecting that. We need to do something for the afternoon. So I will so, let her continue. If you want to do the next picture, I don't know if it'll work or not. So when we went down to our group at night, like Chloe was talking about, we shared. I, and of course, I had to be the one to share that. I had to be the leader that night. So I sat there and I said, okay, guys, I said, what is our theme for youth works this year? And they were like, for real. And I said, okay, I'm going to be for real with you guys. It was terrible today. I had a terrible day. And they're all looking at me like, where were you? We had a great day. Where were you? And I'm like, you guys don't understand. I said, I was out of my comfort zone. I was, I prayed, you know, Lord, just use me. Use me, Lord. And I expected any minute I was going to turn around and Jasmine was going to go, oh, my gosh, now I can be the star student in medical school because you, Julie, taught me this, this mathematical genius thing. And I'm going to tell you that didn't happen. So what God showed me was, if this little video will come up. Now, I know this is going to be weird. But this is a drawbridge, and I don't know if it, the video is going to work or not. Okay. So when a drawbridge goes down, you have access now to either side of the city and the, and the um, castle. But if that drawbridge is up, it goes nowhere. You can't get anything between those two things. The city can function, the castle can function, but sometimes you need that drawbridge. You need that that. I called it a conduit, but it was not the right word, um, to flow through. So God showed me that that day, that's what I was. There was no pop in circumstance in anything that I was doing, but the obedience of being there. If I would have come with an attitude and showed my attitude, it would have changed the whole environment for them. Jen would have gotten uptight because, oh my gosh, Julie's this. You know, it would have, the kids would have been going like, what is her problem? And it would just change the whole thing for them. And so what I learned through this was that obedience sometimes isn't fun. Sometimes it's going to be hard, but it's, it's that consistency. It's the showing up. And so I think, oh, how, how do I bring that back? When I came back from Nicaragua, when I came back from Cambodia, how do I bring that back to, to here where I live? I don't live in a third world country even though Philadelphia kind of felt like that because of the food shortage or the food deserts. But what, do I bring, what am I bringing back to you guys that, that is more than just an experience for me? And it's that consistency. It's that showing up. It's, it's the being, being there, being here in this building to, to support you guys just as a body. There's, there's power in numbers just being here. You don't have to be in front of the limelight to, to, to be that 
drawbridge. You can just be that drawbridge. You can just be here and be that constant support for the people that are moving stuff back and forth between the castle and the, the town. And um, so that's what I learned that day. And it was exhausting. I didn't do anything but sit and stare at Jasmine that day. But I was so tired when I got in the, in the van. I just went. Like well, you just that, that's where I'm going to go because I, I just want to go back to this Wednesday morning thing um, because I was thrilled to death to go back to the children's mission all day because when we walked in on Tuesday morning, I, since we had left on Sunday, I, it was in migraine universe. It was hot. It was humid. We were in a garden. We were doing things that I, I didn't mind doing. I enjoyed doing them. It was all great, but I was like, yes, we're inside. We have kids, and we walked into this building, and I had like four little kids just run up and hug me. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I needed that so much. Yes, we get to be here all day tomorrow. And, and when we had left on Tuesday, I had been working with a little girl. Her name was Amina, and she was in tears because she didn't think she was ever going to see me again. And I said, and, and I spent an hour with her. I spent an hour just chatting with her and helping her with her work. And for her to have that connection with me in that short of time was just such a blessing but like I'll be back tomorrow don't worry so I'm excited to go but before we go Wednesday morning here's what I get Chaz I'm really not interested in this today gonna be honest with you this is not really what I want to be doing today not gonna be super engaged we get there I could tell Julie was a little off but she didn't really say anything Jewel says um Miss Jen I'd really like to clean today or organize something I you know I'm just not feeling working with the kids so we all ended up having to work with the kids that day. And so on top of that, um, it was an interesting day. But at lunchtime, like I said, Julie was like, Whoa. But the, the awesome thing was when we had small group that night, she had already volunteered to lead, not knowing she was going to have a horrible, terrible, unbelievably bad day. But in her realness and sincerity and honesty, she listened to how great of a day that the kids all had. And we just sat and watched her body just melt with all that tension and all that negativity because she was taking in the way God had worked in everybody else. So that's how I'm going to kind of wrap up is the, the impact for me for the week was just being able to step back and watch God work in everybody. And Nathan just coming alive at devotion time and loving scripture every day. We, we were sitting at the table during devotion time one morning and he tends to sit with his head down from time to time. So I thought he was just kind of resting. So I bothered him like three times. Finally, he looks up. He goes, Mom, I'm praying. And I was like, okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Go back to it. I will leave you alone. You know, Chloe found confidence in not only in her voice but in new skills. She learned how to use a jigsaw from a master. She found her voice leading group. She pulled Isabel aside and was like, hey, we need to pray about some stuff. So they sat and prayed. That was awesome um, for Isabel. Isabel's kind of going through some stuff right now, as teenage girls do, but she just brought joy. That from the time we got in the van till the time we got back to church, she made sure we had carpool karaoke going. She made sure that we were laughing and dancing. She was being goofy, you know, but she was also caring for us. She made sure that Jewel had some help packing up her stuff because that was a little overwhelming. She made sure we were all drinking our water all week because dehydration was real. We did have one girl the girl in the video you saw at the end with Isabel giving her a hug. She had ended up in the hospital overnight because she was dehydrated. And so to, to just be blessed to see that, to, 
watch Jewel stick with it. When we were leaving on Sunday, Jewel did not want to let go of her mom and dad. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fun because we're going to get in the car and we're going to see how this goes. But you know what? As those of you who were here last week heard me talk about God's provision, we walked into that building and it, we walked into a long hallway. And Jewel, what was at the end of the hallway waiting for you? What was at the end of the hallway? The piano. Put there, no doubt in my mind, just for Jewel for this week to be there. And she played and she ministered to people. She even said to me at one point, Miss Jen, everybody's complimenting me way too much. No, honey, they're not. You're just used to playing for yourself. And now God's giving you the opportunity to play for others. And then and to be able to play the organ and to just move beyond herself to volunteer for games. The very first night, she's like, me, very first game, I'll volunteer. And I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And it was just so beautiful to watch her grow all week into making new friends and, and experiencing new things. Um, to watch Julie be challenged. I've known Julie for a long time. She was my youth group leader. So I, it was kind of interesting going on this trip with her anyway, but to, to watch her be challenged and go, okay, but God is still using me even, even though this is hard and I don't, I'm not feeling it today was great. And then to just watch Chaz, who's been a youth group leader for a couple of years now, how he started out with, hey, I'll come and play games and make sure there's fun at youth group, to just teaching and discipling the kids in a way that he wasn't even aware of. I mean, making sure Jewel had the opportunity to get up there on that organ. Teaching a little girl named Cody multiplication, which was so funny because that was the day he's like, no, I'm not going to be into this. And so he sat across from us and she retold the story because she had to do some reading comprehension. Then we went to math and Chaz slowly makes his way till he's sitting right next to her leaning right in, saying, no, do it like this. Repeat it out loud. Because multiplication, the more you say it out loud, the, the more you remember it, until she got a perfect score on her quiz. And that's something she's going to remember for a really long time. And, and, you know, teaching a young man from Michigan the value of being thoughtful to those that you care about. You know, especially when you're not there. Because we were in the garden and they were getting rid of all of these flowers that still look beautiful. He's like, hey, I, you know, I remember something. We should we should be thinking about the people who aren't with us. And so he's like, let's do something nice for the staff. So he and Daniel put together this beautiful bouquet and then presented him, uh, presented it to them that night. So Aaron, good job sharing it with Chaz in the beginning so he can pass it on. The lesson obviously was well received, so I appreciate that. But But just for me being able to step back and not have to do and not have to be in control, A, was very hard, but B, was just, it was, <laughs> but I did it. And God just blessed our time by that because it, it was just him working all week in all of us. It, it wasn't, nobody was forcing it, nobody was doing it, it, it was all that. So I appreciate you guys hanging with us, but we're gonna go one more slide. So what's next? And that's what we've been asking since we got back from the trip. This trip was a little bit different in that we really came back with a desire of what do we take from our trip and bring back to Saratoga? So we're asking that still, we're praying about that still, we're talking about that, but we are also on to our next trip for next year. We already know we're gonna go the end of July again. The um, kids in the next couple of weeks are gonna be picking out a trip. So I'd ask you to be praying about that 
ask you to be praying about where to go and, and who should be on that team again. And, and just really how, how all the growth in all of us took place. Now, God, how are you going to use that? That's what's next for all of us, not just for us as a team, but for us as part of the body here at New Life. So we thank you for supporting us. We thank you for sending us out in such a great way. It is really awesome to have the whole church pray instead of just Pastor Nate coming at four o'clock in the morning, which is great. I love that he does, but it was really nice to have you all involved in our send-off this year and to have just been supporting us. So that, we do actually have 500 more pictures and a lot more to talk about. So we'll be happy to talk at lunch. Most of us, I think, are staying. And in the coming weeks, if you want to see more of the, the pictures and hear more of the story, let us know, and we'll, we'll get together to do that. But Mother God, we just thank you for such a blessed and safe trip. Lord, we know that we were in parts of a city that were dangerous and that um, you just had your protection over us the whole time. We had great travel to and from, as well as safety while we were there, and we thank you for that. Lord, we just offer up next year's trip to you. We just ask for your wisdom and guidance as to where you will um, already have us planned to be and in ways that you already have planned for us to serve. Lord, I just pray for the team as we are putting the team together and raising funds that you will just be in this trip from beginning to end and use it for your glory. I just thank you for the time we've had to share this morning, for more questions that are coming. Lord, we just ask this that you bless this meal and our fellowship time together today. And then we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.